You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. The other team always floated to me as, you know, not that they would have interest, just to be 100% clear for aggregation purposes. This is just like, where could mm-hmm. we possibly see them fitting? Was maybe Minnesota. Uh, I, I don't like that fit either. I mean, I don't concepts. I don't like any of these fits. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're anywhere. I don't think he fits anywhere. Yes, frankly. you've been it clear. Yeah. You think he might never but, play in the league again? I, I mean, I was it. just, I was just saying, like, I was. Yeah, I mean, it. I, let the Ant Man, let the Ant Man cook. Oh, and with that, welcome into bonus scoop time. That, of course, was was uh, Doogie's good friend and. He joins us now. It's Declan Goff, Judd Zolgad, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Brian Windhorst, ESPN, floating the name and making it very clear, as Doogie often does himself, I don't want this for aggregation purposes to be confused, but your thoughts when Russell Westbrook, even in the most pure form, pure form of reckless speculation, Darren, is tied to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Good afternoon, Judd. Good afternoon, Declan. Good to join you on a Monday as opposed to a Tuesday. Yes. Wendy is one of my guys. I, I have zero doubt, knowing Rob Palenka at least a little bit, got to know him pre-draft process years ago when he represented Tyus Jones. He also represented a number of other players, but Rob was here in town for the Tyus Jones draft party, bonded in person. So Rob is somebody I know at least a little bit. He now runs the LA Lakers front office. I have zero doubt that Rob has reached out to a number of front offices. He is trying to move Russell Westbrook. I also feel very, 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 very confident in saying Russell Westbrook is not ending up in a Timberwolves uniform. So you think that they've called the Wolves in just trying to shop him. Because, yeah, that one to me makes zero sense. It makes no Like, I can't, and we are the home of reckless speculation. We love it, right? Like, we all love it. It's great fun. Um, I can torture just about any topic into working, and that one, I can't torture <laughs> into it. I, I just don't see any possible, like, oh, yeah, if you did this or that, it makes some sense. It just is a non-starter to me. I like my chances of winning Powerball better this week, Judd. But here is where, if you are Rob, you are trying to get off of Russ. You look at Minnesota, and you may say to yourself, Mm -hmm. okay, they are not extending D'Angelo Russell. Yes, I would have to attach at least one future first. Some more money may even need to be involved to make such a transaction work. But why not at least try. Let me be very clear about this, though. I was there on Friday for the Carl Anthony Towns news conference. Just trust me on this. The Wolves have not initiated any dialogue this summer with the Lakers about trading for acquiring Russell Westbrook. But 
if you wanted to look at it also from a fan standpoint and say, okay, the Wolves just gave up all these first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. Yep. You could acquire at least one, if not two, future first-round picks by bringing on the expiring Russell Westbrook contract. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, I've had executives tell me for years, Judd, typically it takes one first-round pick per year left on the contract. So you're trying to peddle Russ. It typically would mean one first-round pick. But when you look at that number, the potential headache of having him on your roster yep. or trying to negotiate a buyout, he just had a falling out with his longtime agent, another red flag. Like, it's just, it's not happening. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to look at it and say, okay, you know, if you want to spit all the wolves, because at some point they may try to recoup a first-round pick. Now, this might be two years from now, but at some point, try to bring back a first-round pick after giving up all these first-round picks. This sort of idea, I guess, could make a little bit of sense, but when specifically referencing Russell Westbrook, it's just not happening. Yeah. It's not. On Cat uh, and the, the press conference that they held on Friday to announce his super max contract, I have an observation and want your thoughts. Everything he said to me was great. Championships. He loves Finchie. He loves Conley. He loves being here. He wants to be be here, which for a superstar is refreshing. All of that sounded great. But in my opinion, especially from a referencing championship standpoint, Darren, he needs to back it up now. Like, like he's a good talker. He's a smart dude. Um, but he has a tendency to say what people want to hear and then go, goes out in, just as an example, the first round series against the Grizzlies and and doesn't play well in two or three games and doesn't do what you need a championship player to do. How close do you think now with this contract and the infrastructure that's now in place where this franchise looks to be in good shape, how close do you think Cat is to being able to cross that line from saying the right things and being damn good to being a championship caliber player? Well, it's an interesting observation you make. I agree on on his tendency when at times, like, you have to pause. When he says something, you're like, huh, what? You know, and that goes back many years. This isn't some sort of new phenomenon. By the way, when you said he loves Finchie, he loves Connolly, for a second I had to pause. I had to think, like, did he just say, like, David Con Connolly in that regard? Oh. <laughs> Obviously you meant Tim Connolly. Connolly. But when you said Finchie, it made me think for a second about David Conn. Oh that's, my God. Don't think about that. How warped my yeah, mind don't is. Stop. That's like where my mind was. You're in a bad place. Get therapy <laughs> right after the show is done. Go to a therapist. It's Monday, dudes. Come on. Get, now. Wolf, get Wolves th- therapy. You got to get through that. Yeah, I absolutely may need that. Sure. I also will add that Cat, after the news conference, so typically TV stations get the one on one. So. I had no problem in this instance where we, Channel 5, Channel 9, Channel 4, Channel 11, mm-hmm. didn't get a one-on-one, but Kat did one-on-ones with the writers, right? So John Krasinski, Michael Rand, who was there for the Star Tribune, Jace Frederick with the Pioneer Press. With Johnny K, Kat alluded to something I've brought up going back years. And at one point, he did think about asking out. He really did. I know for a fact. One of his close people, confidants. Mm -hmm. Like, it was broached. 
it never went public. It never got to the point of him actually going to Wolves management and saying, trade me. But there was a lot of frustration. It's kumbaya now, though, Judd. Like, he's very much on board with this Gobert transaction. You know, Rudy himself is is fired up. It's not oftentimes a superstar. That's what Rudy is, wants to be here. But Rudy wants to be here because I was told, because there were three or four teams that that were bidding heavily with Utah to acquire Rudy Gobert. This was choice one. It really was because playing with Cat affords him a chance that he would not have had elsewhere. But on Cat, I'm with you. It's now time to back it up. It really is. Like this little engine that could, you know, this young, you know, fun team from last year, like that's all out the door now, right? I mean, you know, Finchie told us post-press conference on on Friday, like we need to have way, way, way more a business-like approach than ever before. I like it. Right? I mean, if you want to go with the cliche of they are now the hunted, not the hunter, you know, Kat was very clear. The NBA is on notice about the Wolves. I agree with that. You know, trust me, after you make the Gobert trade, 100%. Kat is accurate on that. But, like, yeah, it's time, right? Like, it's time for him to once again ascend to being an all-NBA player on a regular basis. Like, you can't just have a pop-up year here and there. Like, you need to be all-NBA next year. You need to be all-NBA the year after that. And, oh, by the way, you're now going to be a forward, right? So you have that much more competition to be all-NBA. But, like, you need to play. Like, we can debate if he doesn't make one of the three all-NBA forward, you know, team spots. I guess that would be, what, six spots. We can argue, you know, if he's seven or eight on that list. But my point is, he needs to perform at an incredibly high level. He was very good for the most part last year. Yeah, you want to nitpick the foul trouble, you know, some of the hysterics after committing right. said fouls, when more often than not, they were fouls. Right. Like here and there, I would support him on on having an issue with the whistle, but way more often than not, his his hysteria, I'm like, Cat, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, that was a foul on you, Cat. Exactly. Like, you need to realize that was a foul right. on you. So, I mean, he needs a team himself in in that regard trust me the coaching staff is is well aware of that yep but yeah like there's no more you know heck needing to protect the rim trying to protect the rim trying to do so much smallest team in the league last year and so cat you know had to wear a lot of that like this is now a silver platter for him so go execute the pick and pop and all that make all your three pointers you know score at a at a very high clip we're not expecting you to be an all defensive player but you better darn well be an all offensive player that would put you in the conversation for being all nba so i'm with you the excuses are done when you sign a supermax contract regardless of the gobert trade right the excuses are are out the window so now is the time he is still very much in the prime of his career. I mean, really, you could argue this now is truly the prime. I think the prime comes earlier and earlier when guys are really good second year, third year, fourth year, like Cat was. But now entering what year? Eight. It's really time for him to take this franchise to a place it's only been one other time. Absolutely. Okay, so the baseball trade deadline comes up one week from tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, 
There are, because of the extra playoff spot, there are a lot of teams in this thing that are probably not going to be making trades that previously would have. There also are teams like the Cardinals, who now have lost a couple of starters, so they're going to be trying to find more help. The Yankees lost one of their best bullpen arms on Friday, which is going to force them potentially uh, to to delve into a place where the Twins didn't expect what can we expect from the Twins? Because I will say this, the prices by next Tuesday, Darren, are not going to be cheap, and it's going to take some intestinal fortitude if you pull off a trade for a player, a pitcher, who can make an impact. Well, in anticipation of you bringing up this topic with me, I checked with the Twins official an hour ago. So we're sitting here at 12.15 Central Time on Monday afternoon. I checked with a high-ranking Twins official an hour ago, was told it's slow moving. So with eight days to go, you know, now all it takes is one new phone call, one new offer. But as of an hour ago, the Twins were not remotely close to pulling the trigger on on any trade. But yes, the prices are not going down if they wait until Friday, Saturday, Sunday to have more concrete conversations. They've had a number of conversations already with all the logical sellers, right? You can look at all the names all the logical sellers, right, from the Reds to the A's to the Cubs, go up and down the list. The Twins, not just Derek Falvey, but Thad Levine as well. They spread it out across multiple people there. Jeremy Zoll, others, Daniel Adler, assistant general managers. They're all checking with teams on a pretty regular basis, just checking in, saying, okay, where are we at? You know, what will it take? I fully expect them to do something, Judd. Like, I'd put the over-under at one and a half trades. Okay. Right? Like, they're going to do something. Yeah. And I may take the over. It may be two trades. Or maybe it's just one giant trade where you bring in at least one starter and one reliever. So I fully expect action. But I'm just telling you, as we sit here eight days prior, nothing is nothing is close right now. Give me your your personal right now priority list. How how do you think that they are targeting pitching, and then if they're you know trying to get a bat beyond that? But what do you think the priority list is right now? Starters first, bullpen arms first. What do you think? Well, a combination. I mean, one and all. I mean, it's pitching, right? Sure. Yes. I mean, they're well aware. You cannot head into a best of three against the Blue Jays or Red Sox or Mariners or Rays in early October with combination. Of Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray. Gray would start game one, I'm sure. Joe Ryan. And who starts game three right now? Not Dylan Bundy. Chris Archer? Maybe? Like, who would start game three? Declan, you want to take a guess? Come on, join the conversation. Bailey Ober will be back. Like, I checked on that today. I'm going to record a new Scoop podcast. He's been out since early June with a groin injury. This is the longest recovery for a groin injury I've ever seen. I mean, clearly he had a set. But, like, he was supposed to already be out in a rehab assignment. We're sitting here on July 25th. Like, this is the longest recovery for a groin injury that I can recall. And as we know, groin injuries can linger. Like, once you're back, that thing can pop up again, right? But Bailey Ober is going to be back this year. But even Bailey Ober, no. So, like, who's starting game three? I'd probably put the money on on Bundy if they didn't make a move. I'd put the money on Bundy. I bet they trust him more than Archer. If they, if they, I would DFA him before you set playoff <laughs> rosters and add a different bullpen arm. Uh, take Zolgad to another they level. Could. But 
Like, these are the conversations right. they are having. So, I mean, clearly, starter is a big need. One reliever is a huge need. Two relievers is a big need. I can argue three relievers is a relatively big need. Yeah. They are exploring bringing in a catcher that can trump Caleb Hamilton. Gary Sanchez is their number one catcher until Ryan Jeffers is back. Now, Jeffers did have the surgery and, you know, so-called went better than they expected, whatever the heck that means. So maybe he's trending more toward a six-week recovery, not an eight-week recovery. But, you know, you're still looking at sometime in September. So, you know, they may add a backup catcher in one of these trades, but backup catcher is way down the pecking order of of priorities. We're just – we're talking arms. Yes. Arms, right? And, like – you know, we still wonder about Kenta Maeda, Josh Winder, Jorge Alcala. I mean, I know people are wondering about Jorge Alcala. I would not, I would not pinpoint him for, Winder's for any role. Prom too, right? The rest of the way, Josh is a problem well, yeah, too. He's, he's back on the IL. I feel bad for Winder. So sure. he never pitched for Triple A after going down. Yet he was placed on the Triple A injured list, which means he doesn't get major league money. So he got hurt in his last outing with the big league club. Like, I just, I feel bad for the guy. That you seems know, not, unfair. Not that he's living check to check necessarily, but you'd rather be in the IL with the major league team than with the triple A team. So you can draw major league money, but yeah, he's back on the injured list. I mean, he's dealt with stuff, you know, this entire season, but we're not talking about some sort of season ending injury. I still think Kenta made is a long shot. Maybe I'll be proven wrong on that, right? Like he's up to eighty something, you know, with a fastball. But yeah, but like who the knows? Speed stuff. We're not there yet. And don't know, tell me that's a trade. Off a mound. We're not there yet. No, no, no. Don't they tell know me better than that, Judd. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. Don't they know be like, we got him back. It's a trade. Yeah, no, no. I was talking with a friend of mine who's a big Padres fan, yep. and he made that point. He's like, I hope the Padres don't try to spin this. That you know, the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. is their big trade deadline move. Like Great. they need to go do something you know, with, with another team like Juan Soto, right? I mean, San Diego's in on Juan Soto. By the way, I did check, Judd. I was curious. Yep. I had to, right? I just, I was curious. Juan Soto? The twins, have the Twins checked in with Washington on Soto? The answer is no. The Twins have not registered any interest on, on Soto. But, you know, clearly, I mean, Washington is what the worst. I haven't checked the standings in the last 48 hours, but they are what, the worst team in baseball? Second worst? Certainly one of. I'm safe in saying they're the worst. one of the worst. Okay, the worst. As of this morning, they're the worst right now. So, of course, the Twins have, have spoken with Washington. Right. But nothing on nothing on Juan Soto. But it's a combination. It's just it's arms, Judd. So I'd love to tell you, like, they're pinpointing this starting pitcher and only this starting pitcher. No. Uh, they are looking for, for multiple arms. You know, in an ideal world, it's one starter, one reliever minimum. Yep. Go, go from there, you know, because maybe there's another guy that pops at some point in the next few days. Like Jake McGee gets let go the other day by by the Giants. The Twins tried to sign him to a minor league deal. It turns out the Milwaukee Brewers thought he was worthy of a major league deal. So Jake McGee, who's got a track record, not this year, he hasn't been good this year. You know, clearly the Giants did what they did for a reason, but the Brewers gave him a major league deal. But the Twins tried to get him on a on a minor league deal. The Twins just signed former Pirate, former Astros reliever Michael Feliz to a minor league deal. So he's off to the St. Paul Saints, was let go by the Red Sox, or maybe he had an opt-out. 
And I'm sure just with his major league experience, I'm sure his new contract has an opt-out. I'll check on that. He's got the same representation as Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano. But anyway, I mean, that's that's what you do this time of the year. Just keep taking flyers on guys like Thornburg, right? That's just, it's what you do, right? Even going back, you know, like look at the bullpen for the St. Paul Saints. There's a few guys that, that you know, have pitched in the majors before. You just, you roll the dice as often as you can. Right. Hope you hit on a guy or two. It is interesting, though, that this front office's track record on relievers, like go up and down the list. Blake Parker, Alex Colomay. Grashell. Yeah. I mean, it's the just. The guys. But you would think at some point you would hit. Go to Best Buy. On one of these guys. I mean, maybe Sergio Romo hit to, to some extent. Yeah, but Dyson but, was. Like, there are so many guys. Yes. Right? Now, Emilio Pagan. And just different ways they've brought in relievers that they believed in that come here. Yep. And these guys just fail miserably. Trade chips, Doogie, include, and I'll, I'll just throw out uh, some names for you. Austin Martin. Do they go up to Scooby, Scooby who's a good boy? Scooby, Scooby, Scooby you're not going to get traded, man. You're not Don't being worry, traded. Scooby. You the are, you are safe is here. in the Wolfson <laughs> yes. household. Scooby, um, he might welcome a trade. He's only had about three walks in the last two days. He's too oh, big boy. for me. I, I go with the little guys. I got a small yep. team. Vinny and I, very quick great. team, yep. small team. Yep. Um, is in your mind Jose Miranda on the table? I think the preference would be to move Spencer Steer, others, that there's a belief that, I mean, you look at his numbers. Since I know. he came back, he went down for like 24 hours. He's great. Royce Lewis gets hurt on that Sunday. Yep. So he never even played another game with the Saints, but he got sent down, but then he was brought right back up after that Royce Lewis injury on that Sunday. Like, you look at his numbers, like, Major League Baseball is really, really hard. Mike Trout, so many guys failed in their first three, 400 at-bats. Jose Miranda hasn't failed. Like, the run he's put on has to rank right up there with, you know, go back a decade or two decades, Judd. Like, I'm trying to avoid hyperbole, but his numbers, these first couple hundred at-bats, have to rank historically with anybody in, in recent Twins history, right? So like he's been great since he came back. You're right. Belief in him now. There are still question marks about where he should play right. in the field, right? And I don't think they are like married to him. Like there are certain guys like we know. Well, Buck has no trade protection anyway. Correa's got five team no trade protection, but Correa's not going anywhere. Like there are certain guys we know that that aren't going anywhere. I can't put Miranda in that boat. Heck, I'd be shocked if Alex Kirilov went somewhere. Right? So. Like, I'd almost darn near put Kirloff in that boat. I don't think Miranda is quite in that boat. Like, if Miranda is what puts something over the top, like, okay, he's the difference between landing Frankie Montes and not landing Frankie Montes, I think Miranda ends up in Oakland. So, like, I don't think they're married to him in that regard. But I think there's a strong preference to move guys that are not currently on the 26-man roster. Sure. Uh, So... Sano's 20-day rehab stint is now done, so we stopped playing on Sunday with that. The Twins don't need to make a decision because they're off today on Monday until Tuesday. What is your expectation as far as the decision before the Brewers-Twins game in Milwaukee tomorrow on Miguel Sano? 
I expect Miguel Sano to be in Milwaukee in the Twins clubhouse on Tuesday. Now, he flew back with the Saints yesterday, so he is now here in the Twin Cities. You know, just like I anticipated the trade deadline question, I anticipated Miguel Sano coming up in our conversation, so I checked Unpredictable. at about 11 a.m. this morning. Mm-hmm. As of 11 a.m. this morning, Sano has not been told to head to Milwaukee. I don't know if I'll have time the rest of the day to check again, so somebody else may have may have the mini scoop on that. I actually don't think it's that hard of a decision. Now, it may be a very easy decision based on Max Kepler's MRI on his on his injured foot. Like that may be the very easy roster move. Kepler to the IL, right. so no activated. Now, if Kepler's okay, you know, to me, you still, you know, you send down Celestino, right? I mean, he's got an option. Send Celestino back to St. Paul. You activate Miguel Sano. This front office doesn't typically just cut the cord in this instance, like with a guy with enough of a track record. Now, if he performs poorly over the next month or before you would set a playoff roster, Mm -hmm. okay, like I can see something happening then. But I just – I don't think it's that hard of a decision. Here's my question. I'm telling you, I fully anticipate Sano being in Milwaukee tomorrow. I don't know if he'll be in the lineup right away, maybe. That's my question. I expect him him to be in Milwaukee Where are the at-bats? Like, I can get him on the roster, but the problem is I can't get him a a lot of at-bats, and considering that, he's not going to stay sharp. And so my – there's no – there's nothing they're doing right now that I'm going to replace – not a roster spot. That's the that to me is probably the simple part. It's the lineup itself, because my DH now it's great. I can use Buxton there, Miranda there, you know, Kirilov. I I can have guys go through that spot. So my real question is, if Sano's back here, where does he get at bats and at whose expense? Because there's, I don't think a lot of guys currently playing a lot deserve not to be playing. Well, so I'm looking at the projected starters for this mini-series in Milwaukee. So they'll see Burns on Wednesday, but tomorrow they see Small. I'm just verifying that Small is a lefty. Let me see if I can multitask here. See who's faster, me or Declan? Uh, Probably you. So Small from the Brewers. Ethan Small is a lefty. Okay. Now I get it. Miguel Sano's numbers the yes. last couple of years suggest he should not be in the lineup against the lefty. But early in his career, he mashed lefties. I could see the Twins just trying to play that scenario and having Sano in the lineup tomorrow. Mm. Where? I mean, I guess either DH or first base, right? I mean, one of them. But, like, against the lefty tomorrow, I guess I would not be overly shocked yeah. if – if Sano is in the lineup. Now against Corbin Burns on on Wednesday, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But right. tomorrow, like that makes sense to me. But I know the comeback. I'm telling you, people watching, listening, whatever right now are going to be like, Dukes, look at Sano's numbers the last couple of years against lefties. Right. He stinks against lefties. I understand right. that. I really do. I get it. I'm just saying early in his career, he mashed lefties. Logically, it makes sense. Righty bat, lefty pitcher. Like I'm just telling you, I, I guess I just, I would not be, I would not be surprised if if we see him in the lineup tomorrow. Fair enough. All right, last thing. Buxton gets a uh gets a surprise to us, not them. PRP injection after the All-Star game. Uh, He's had a few of those now, Judd. And that's what I was going to ask you about. So yeah. so like I'm not upset that it's fine. I I hope he he can play as much as possible. But that that being said, 
What can you tell us on background about what the public should make of this? Well, I mean, he's had a few of these. This isn't the first time. This isn't the second time. Okay. So, I mean, he's had a few of these. Interesting. And, you know, we've seen him perform. You know, it takes a couple days. He had it last Wednesday. So you typically need a good five, six, seven days before resuming activities. Yep. So the hope is he's in the lineup tomorrow, but he may still need another day-ish. But this is what they believe. There's enough evidence to suggest, specifically with Buxton, the way his body reacts, Mm -hmm. that this is helping his knee. He may absolutely need some sort of surgical procedure done in the offseason, but to keep him on the field on a semi-regular basis the rest of this season, this is what needs to take place. I imagine this will not be the last one he gets, right? Whether it's sometime in late August, September, late September before the postseason. Gotcha. Like, I fully anticipate him getting at least one more of these before the season is over. Mm. But, like, they feel like this is this is the way, you know, to have him avoid an IL stint to keep him on the field. Now, the debate to have is you go out to L.A., do you expect, experience everything that all-star week entails, but you don't actually play in the game because you get this thing done like last Monday, right? Yep. Then you would have an extra day or two. Then you would know, okay, I hear you. like 98%, he should be in the lineup Tuesday in Milwaukee. That he still would have, in all likelihood, needed the weekend to, to really feel okay. Like typically it's five, six, seven days after you get – this injection, but I'm just saying like, would you want to have that conversation? Right. But first time all-star, I mean, clearly it worked out brilliantly. He hits the home run in the game. Heck maybe should have been the MVP of the all-star game. Yeah. Right. But I think that would be a fair conversation to have. I can see it from Buxton's point of view. Why, why wouldn't I play? Like, I don't know if I'll ever be back here again. Should be back here, but right. That's the Yeah. No guarantees. I get it. And so I don't hold that. I really don't. I don't hold that against him. And, hey, we saw them mash at a high level over the weekend against the lowly Tigers. Right. Right. And so even if they had lost those two games, I I would have understood the decision for for him to play in the All-Star game. But I'm just saying if you wanted to have that conversation, that instead of having the injection on Wednesday, should have had it on Monday to buy himself two extra days. Right. Fine. Have that conversation. I'm just saying I support, you know, Buck and the Twins allowing Buck to play in the game on Tuesday night. So to, to be clear, because I don't think that this, I don't believe it, it was reported in the context of this story when the injection news came out. This has been this has been something that he has had more than once since the spring. Yes. This injection. Okay. Yes. I don't think that's been out there. I think it yes. was let me, you basically know what? like let a me, first time. Let me see if I have it in. So this is the PRP. Judd? Yep. Yes, the PRP. PRP. Yes, sir. Okay. Let me see if I can find. Give me a sec. Tap dance if you need to. Because I should I should clarify ensuring Yeah, I just want to make sure that, that the this previous is. previous two sure. were PRP. Because I, I don't know. Are there different? I don't have the medical background. I don't think there are. No, if, if I don't these think injections are. are different or not. My guess is that, that they're not. Now, we, we did talk about at one point in time the fact that he, we thought, got the knee drained of fluid, which is a very different thing. Uh, but if he's been doing these on a semi 
regular basis since the spring, that actually makes sense. And the Twins are clearly becoming a bit more forthcoming about the situation, I think, in the last month or so. Like you at know, one I, time, we, we weren't told a thing. At, yeah, so in late June, a month ago, it was a knee drain. Let me clarify okay. on the PRP. I don't want that to be aggregated. Okay. I don't want anybody Aggregators, to don't do it. That, so please don't. Let me, let me clarify what? on the PRP okay. injection. I will bring you that answer. I suppose the next time we Thursday. Talk Let's do it Thursday. Thursday. Beautiful. Yeah. So I will, I will hopefully have an update on Thursday. So let me, let me almost erase what I suggested there. Okay. You're right. I mixed up. You know, that's my fault. Mixed up because he did have his knee drained more than that time in June. That wasn't the first time he had his knee drained. Gotcha. So let me let me clarify in the PRP. All right, sir. Great stuff. And uh, we'll we'll uh, talk to you again and get the answer to that question on Thursday, Dukes. Thanks. Okay. Sounds good, Judd. See you, Declan. Bye-bye. Bye.